With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of Rams Up Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kortz, at Ramsbeat on Twitter. Join for another roundtable here with Paul and Ian. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Doing Doing good. (laughs) Hey, look at gentlemen, when you win a game, don't you just feel better coming in here? And talking some ball. A little bit more energy, a little bit more pep in the step. <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, a good win, too. Think about I mean, gentlemen, when's the last time? I mean, back to last year, I guess. Another Cardinal game or so. I mean, to beat down a divisional opponent. And look, I know, hey, man, nine straight years inside the desert, we beat them. And that's great. And that's actually a really insane stat that they were talking about on the broadcast. I was like, holy cow, man. That's a long time of kicking ass in the desert. But we got to remember, divisional game, you play each other twice, and it's a bunch of 
super important matchups where think about traditionally throughout the whole NFL, those games are close. And for us to kick ass where teams or, you know, analysts and other fans thought it, it was an iffy coin flip game. Good victory. Very good victory. Paul thoughts. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always great when the Rams run the football. So I'm always happy win or lose yeah. the Rams run the football. So whatever it is that goes into Sean McVay's head when they play Arizona, we have to sort of try to bottle it and take it with us mm -hmm. uh, back to SoCal because, uh, man, that was fun to watch. The Rolls Royce was humming and Iron Kyron was, was doing work. It was a thing to see. It, it was a great game to watch. Um, just the balance of the offense all around and just the just the complete nature of the victory. I mean, in every facet, it, it was a very, very nice game to watch. Yeah, I mean, they were obviously very comfortable and uh, really never, and even even when they were, you know, down a point or whatever it was, they were never really in any danger. Uh, but what I really take away from it was, well, number one, that McVeigh actually does have a diverse playbook. Um, I don't. I doubt he just oh, came God. up with that. I he must. Someone. Just... Someone must be listening to us, gentlemen. <laughs> Someone's got to be listening. I mean, what have we been saying, or what we really emphasized last week? I was like, run game. If we yeah. do the run, if we do the run, well, yes. But if we can run the ball well, the play action pass is going to be mega, mega killers to the Cardinals. And what a shock! Yeah, it was play crazy. action passes were unstoppable. Yeah. And, and it was just, it wasn't so much just a run game. I mean, the Rams have tried to run with mostly not being successful, but varying degrees of success over the last couple of years. But it was just the, the, the mixing up the, the power gap schemes, which really favor, you know, which really, Kyron really favors, um, but also mixing in some, some mid and middle and outside zone and then running, you know, play actions off of that was just, obviously it was the Cardinals, but, at least we know those plays are in the playbook, number one. And number two, it gave the Rams some confidence, right? So they'll, to be able to continue to do that. Obviously, it's going to be a different story with these next two opponents um, with uh, Cleveland and Baltimore. So, yeah, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But, Paul, what were your big uh, takeaways other than the obvious here with Kyron getting rolling and being healthy and, uh, you know, the screen game working and, and obviously the obvious, right? We're all thrilled about that. But any other takeaways maybe on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, right off the bat, I will say this, zero, zero, and zero. That was Aaron Donald's stat line to have a blowout win like that, right? Crazy. And that Aaron Donald was not like the key contributor. And what was really awesome, and even the uh, announcer spoke about it, was that they were using him at end to draw the uh, triple team and double team so that the other players, you know, could get some single team looks. And I think that, I think that's really, really important for uh, Ram nation to note that they were able to do that and scheme it in such a way that Aaron Donald was really like a, a diversion really so that other players could make plays. I think that's really um, a very, very important statement from the Rams, right? That they can get it done. Um, other players stepped up. I uh, thought they had a, a great game uh, from the secondary. Uh, Rush East, we called his name a couple of times, right? 
I mean, the Rams, yeah. the Rams played well on the defensive side of the ball. They played down in distance very intelligently. Um, um, our boy, Coach Raheem, he brought the heat when he had to. He stayed aggressive mm-hmm. uh, even when they got ahead. So I, I just thought it was a great on the defensive side of the ball. They played down in distance very well, very well thought out uh, game plan on that side of the rock. And, and gentlemen, what did we say last week, too? What was the main key to keeping this game competitive and or winnable was contain Kyler Murray. Don't let him get outside the pocket. Don't let him run and extend plays in any form or fashion. And they did it. Another Aaron Donald monster hit knocked out a quarterback from his ability to to be effective, right? Geno Smith the previous week. Kyler Murray got his ankle rolled up after a big Aaron Donald hit or, or sack or some combined tackle. Donald was involved, forgot which exact play, but, and that was it. Duke couldn't scramble around and be mighty mouse out there and, and kill us in that way. And after that, it was over. And Jordan Fuller, I thought was really great. Kobe Turner, obviously. And, and who else am I blanking on right now? I thought all the corners had a had a great game and we can go on and on and on. I mean, other than that first drive where it was a little bit of a nail biter and I was like, ah, damn it. It's going to be that, that type of game, isn't it? Where the offense shows up and the defense has their stinker game. Well, yeah. no, they said, all right, I, I see what they're going to do. And they figured it out and got it done. So, I mean, let's go through this real quick. I have some nice stats right here. Jordan Fuller. In the PFF era, this is the highest grade of his career with a 91.5. Had a multiple great, awesome technical pass breakups. No grabbing of the jersey, right? Hand forward, attacking the ball. And that's hard, people. I don't think people realize how hard it is to be a DB or defense safety or corner in this league. You get flagged for playing patty cake, okay? So to have perfect technique multiple times in a game, make multiple correct pass breakups. You know, think about the one on... Fourth down, the big bomb that he broke up, multiple tackles in the box. I mean, Jordan Fuller balled out, man, and he's been having some nice games recently. You know, Kobe Turner, two sacks. Woo! Hey, big boy's starting to get it rolling, ain't ain't he, gentlemen? I mean, he's improving every week, and he's starting to look a lot faster. Do you guys see that too? I mean, I think he's getting a lot faster on tape. His interior quickness, right? We you know we said it after. Remember the uh, the draft round table? We said his interior quickness was, you know, his sort of his A game. But, you know, he's a lot stronger than I think people give him credit for. He plays inside and, you know, he does a great job. And one of the isolation plays is that when they put um, Aaron Donald on the outside and he was one-on-one in the center, that move, man, that rip move he went underneath, oh, man, straight line to the quarterback. I mean, it was something to watch. He'd really be – Jonah Williams, too, had a great game. Right. But Kobe Turner, you're right. He's really starting to stand out. Did you guys notice that they started Reader and they were they were using him in the kind of the first downs and the run plays? Um, and then they would put yeah, Roseboom in or or a or a uh or a different or like a nickel package um and take him out in more of the passing plays. I thought that was interesting. They really hadn't done much of that this year. I think he only only played Troy Reader against Kyler Murray. I guess so. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, Uh, the mental, the mental scars from that playoff game. I mean, look at Troy. I know people in the fan, or I'll say the people, the fan, our fan base, 
they have a lot of sour takes on Troy, and I get it. He's not the perfect player, but he does stop the run particularly well when he's got an open lane to hit. And that's that's the reality. That's the fact. Is it 100% Bobby Wagner prime style? No, of course not. But he has value. And obviously the Rams view him as valuable in those situations on early downs, like you stated, Tom. So I'm not mad about it. It worked this week, and we'll go to the wheels fall off. That's kind of how we do it on defense, right? We try one thing, it don't work. We'll make a change at, you know, no matter who the player is. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a kilo Witherspoon's tied right now for third and reception percentage allowed in the entire NFL. I mean, for a team that we thought was going to be not very good to really crappy on defense, you know, going into the season, they're our strength. It's really incredible how that's came to be, right? I mean, wow. I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean, even we got even a bunch some more snaps by uh, just Juan Johnson, um, and uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was nice to see. Jay Hummel got some snaps at at and linebacker. Was... I know they were they were putting him in there at the end. I know there was a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. you know some snaps at the end for a bunch of the backups, but um, we got to know, see Jason Tomlinson Fields. also. Yeah, Tomlinson yeah. was in there quite a bit actually. Yeah, towards the end, twenty four snaps. Though. Yeah, and that one play. Uh, by our boy, he looked. He looked like Ashawn. Didn't he look like Ashawn when he had that great stop on third and short? Deshaun Johnson. That, oh, that yeah. was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. He looked really, really good. He he shed the block. I was like, wait a minute, did they just resign Ashawn? He was wearing ninety four. He looked great, and he was yeah. and he was playing on the interior. I was like, wow. Um, yeah, so, he's a kind of a three tech guy, you know. Yeah. So, uh yeah, it was a really nice play. Yeah, interesting. So, um, obviously, uh, hopefully, hope hoping to ride this uh, momentum and into a game with a, uh, you know, a, a somewhat depleted Browns team, right? I mean, the Rams are favored by four and a half. Last I looked earlier today, um, they're down uh, Watson. There looks like DTR is going to be out, um, and uh, so yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about this Browns matchup? Yeah, I mean, gentlemen, the football gods are blessing us right now, ain't they? A little bit. I think they are. Think about how things are coming together right now. Bears took care of business for us on Monday night, right? You know, Vikings have lost. Seahawks are probably going to continue to drop games. You know, we have now have the tiebreaker over them. If we can handle business against a Cleveland team that is really, really beat up right now, it sucks. They had a good squad going into the year, and they had ma- major Super Bowl aspirations. But, you know, you're down two quarterbacks. You're down your best running back. Your best receiver, Amari Cooper, is probably is 50-50 to play because I did he break his ribs or something? It was something not good in the broadcast. Miles Garrett was in a sling, and he said his shoulder, he felt a pop. So that's like muscle tendon terror of territory, right? Uh, Denzel Ward got banged up. There's uh, there's plenty of dudes that I'm just blanking on names and what happened to them. Starters for the Browns who are 50-50 to play on this upcoming Sunday. I mean, we're really, really getting blessed by the football gods, and we got to win. We have to win. We got to get to nine wins minimum to get in this tournament. And if we do that, 
Oh, baby. I mean, gentlemen, if we win on Sunday, our playoff chances go almost to 50% if we win. That's incredible. I mean, (laughs) 45% if we win on Sunday with another, you know, five games to go. And obviously, we've got to continue to handle business. But, wow, how things have turned around. We were pretty sour on this podcast two, three weeks ago, weren't we? We're talking about draft. Who's going to stay? Who doesn't deserve to stay for the future? (laughs) It's how the NFL, the not-for-long league, things change change. fast. Yeah, speaking of that. Speaking of that, Darion Kendrick has put together two really solid games in a row. Like yeah, he looks like he, we were talking about when we did the who can play and who can't play, uh, what we've learned about this roster. Um, he was on, we learned Darian Kendrick play, can't play cornerback in the <laughs> NFL. And then all of a sudden uh, down goes Durant. Kendrick is reinserted into the starting lineup and he just is killing it the last two games so it is interesting how like if if durant hadn't gotten hurt and you know with lake emerging and witherspoon all these guys kendrick might not have ever gotten on the field again and um might not even been on the roster next year so it's just interesting how real quick i i wanted i said it if we win on sunday it jumps to 44 percent. i just read this new york times percentage thing wrong we're at 44% right now because the Bears beat the Vikings. We're currently at wow, 44% based off the New York Times, you know, analytical percentage chances for all the playoff teams or the teams that are on the cusp and that are in. So, yeah, it's uh let's just yeah, keep it going, babies. I mean, woo. Yeah, obviously the two teams, um there's five in, Philly, San Francisco, Detroit, theoretically in, somebody from the south, whoever backs into it and then uh dallas as a wild card and then you're like you said there's seattle and minnesota both at sitting at six wins and um minnesota already has another loss six six losses so yeah we have the, the tiebreaker but seattle's next three games ready wait for it dallas san francisco and philadelphia <laughs> Okay, good luck with that, Seattle. I'm telling you, man, the football god said, I'm sorry, Rams Nation. I'm sorry that you guys suffered. Yeah, and then there's there's, uh, Minnesota. They actually don't have that tough of a schedule. Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Detroit, Green Bay, and and then Detroit again. So, But two games against Detroit, and Detroit is going to be battling for that that, uh, second seed um, with San Francisco. So... That'll be interesting um, with those two games. And then Green Bay, that's the team I'm mostly worried about. Um, they hold the tiebreaker over us. And uh, now they do have Kansas City this week. And then they have Giants, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago. So I really think I really think Green Bay is going to get in, um, especially if Jordan Love continues to play how he's playing. I always play the last couple of games. He really looks pretty good. And uh, good for them, by the way, to turn that guy around. A lot of teams would have given up on a guy like that. That's just another example, like I was just saying, like with Kendrick. Uh, you just you, you believe in a guy, continue to coach him well, and give him chances. And, yeah, it's just it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, the Rams could could get into this thing. I'm, not, I'm still not that confident that they're going to do it. Um, I think the, the Ravens game is going to be tough. Um, and yeah, then, you know, be. the, you know, at the, 
I, I just, you know, the commanders and saints are at home. It'll, I, it might come down to that 49er game at the end of the season. And if the 49ers are playing for something, you know, to keep that seed or something like that yeah. with Detroit, that could be a tough go up in San Francisco. Yeah. But, but um, Tom, but Tom, if we get the nine wins, we're going to get in. So look, we could drop that game to Baltimore, which is likely to happen. They're really good. And just the talent discrepancy is just too large. And, but you never know. You know what their record is against NFC teams and then against <laughs> NFC teams at home. It's, it's something like, absurd, yeah. It's like 16 and one or 16 yeah. something. It's yeah, something so. crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, no. I mean, at nine wins, um, yeah, I, I can see Green Bay getting there pretty uh, handily. Um, even if Seattle does happen to get there, we have the tie break. And then Minnesota could get there. Um, I think they're going to have, if they do, they'd have the tie break with uh, conference wins. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, you know, like you said, 50, 50 is probably a fair, um, a fair estimation, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, who, who would, I mean, they brought up uh, Taylor. They let Tomlinson in the game. Um, uh, Swan Johnson is getting some reps. It's really nice to see. I mean, we, uh, uh, Hunter long was activated. He's got a few yeah. reps. Um, so they're starting to get other guys involved in the game plan. Uh, Paul, who are your, who do you really want to see out there? Um, uh, give them some reps, get them some development, see if they, you know, see how they play. And, uh, um, again, in preparation for making a run next year. Uh, Tomlinson, you know, Tomlinson. I mean, yep. I think corner, I think we're so thin at corner that any viable option at corner is really going to, you know, I was playing around with some of the, uh, you know, we, after we had talked draft prospects, and, you know, we're always scouting draft prospects for Nation. You know that. We're always ready for that draft roundtable. But um, a lot of the players I was looking at, uh, you know, like Tampa from Iowa State, you know, I was like, you know, star position in my head. I'm like, star position, star position. Who's going to come in and, you know, theoretically possibly could play at that? But, you know, and I know, I know Thompson, uh, everybody was saying he got lit up when he was out there. But listen, the guy, the guy hasn't smelled the field all year, right? But – um, so it's difficult to evaluate him, but I would love to see him out there. Uh, like I said, Dewan Johnson, you know, I mean, it was just one play, but once again, on the D line, any depth on the D line is going to be valuable. So, um, and, and, and also going back to the playoff analysis and our, you know, the run down the stretch, this conversation would have been completely different if the Rams had not, let's go down the list. We threw away. I mean, honestly, the only way you can really coin it is this way. We threw away one game by not having a backup quarterback, right? Yeah, I have. <laughs> we literally threw away one game, yeah. right? So that's right there. And we threw away two games by not having a legitimate cricket. So put that yeah. together. That's a that's a minus three right there in what our record was. So when you look at a lot of the winnable games that we threw away, and also because some games of the Rams just, just did not put together a complete game, we're in a very different conversation. Oh right. yeah, right. Talk about being in the driver's seat and being in the passenger seat, right? Yeah. But um, the you know the one thing that did stand out for me also from the game, you know, taking a look for this year and next year was the O line, right? The O lines had their uh, bumps and bruises all year. You know, if you look at that, and you know, just watching them run the football, it was just a thing to watch. I and love the, it. I love yeah. it, Paul. Yeah. Right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it interesting to when you're like. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to just focus in on the O-line, right? 
to see is this a function of play calling? Or just you know, is Arizona just that bad up front? But you know, and you're watching it, and where it really jumped out at me was they finally had some screen calls, right? I Did know. You Tell me that? about it. Oh, Avila was downfield. Um, Jackson was downfield. Watching the mobility of the line was a real, real sight to see. This te- this and the O line really likes to run block. The personality of this yeah. O line really emerges when they run block. 100%. They play in unison. They have a different attitude. Just the way you see them run back to the huddle. You see guys um, sustaining their blocks a lot longer. Um, to me, that was something from this year for next year. Is really like this O-line situation. You know, really getting a good handle, trying to understand who the core six or seven guys are. O-line, it's always about the six or seven, right? Because injuries happen. You got to have a swing tackle, things of that nature. You got to have depth in the IOL, right? the interior offensive line. We, but we learned we, we learned from the disaster season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and Troy Reed is a great example, right? You know, somebody was uh, ripping on him uh, after the game on, on, on social media. And I was like, yeah, you know what? He gets distracted. You know what slows him down? The Super Bowl ring that he's carrying around. That slows yeah. him down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, you know, guys contribute. And, you know, guys, there are certain guys, you know, that step up down the run. But – the Rams, you know, got to look at this and say, you know, um, it's a great question. Like, is it just an audition? If we do get in, are we going to make a legitimate run? You know, so we'll see. But uh, the two things that really stood out for me was the O-line, evaluating the O-line and really trying to see in the secondary. Uh, like, I'll, I'll tell you why I brought that up as well. Was Thomas and Johnny Johnson played well. Talk about coming out of off the scrap heap, right? Oh well, Paul, real, real, real quick, well, let's 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 hang on to that John Johnson thought. I mean, dude, he he overtook Rusty's job. Yep, he leapfrogged him. He totally leapfrogged him, and I thought, and we've talked about it. Russ has had great moments. He's had some mm, eh, moments, and obviously, the staff said we need more consistency. We need to be good to great more often than these meh that Russ has done. And Russ is barely in his second year it was it's barely his first time starting serious football i forgot what program he's from out of college i'm i'm sure one of you guys could just find that real quick but nothing too crazy in terms of uh you know super serious playoff level college football so that's a big leapfrog and for him to get a lot of playing time last year for him to be the starter at the beginning of this year it's good and there's going to be those bumps but i think the team realizes like we're pretty close to getting in this tournament man and John Johnson even talked about his post-game presser. He feels more in shape. He feels ready. He feels like he's back in the complete flow of the game, was what, she's, what he said. Raheem Morris even said that he's in game shape now, and you see why we want him out there. He's just ready. Because yeah. the dude got signed, what, like middle-ish of training camp? Yeah. Beginning of training camp? So he missed all the off-season stuff. I'm sure he was enjoying his life, and and rightfully so, and probably not, you know, taking his time off. But you know, people don't realize, like being in the facility for those OTAs and and you know so forth, it's, it's a, it makes a big difference, man. You're 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 in the flow of things pretty early on in terms of playbook, your body, everything, nutrition, all that good stuff. And he wasn't a part of that, so it, it's taken, you know, those two months or so of that time he missed. To get there, and now he's here and playing good football with Jordan Fuller, right. 
with a killer witherspoon with Quinn Lake when he was healthy. Like you talk about, we're gonna make a run. I think if we had to face Detroit, which would be insane for that to be a playoff game. By the way, that would be awesome. I think I think we could beat them. I legitimately think that their defense is not good enough to win multiple playoff games. So with our defense playing the way it is, fully healthy, with all the guys I just mentioned in the secondary against you know teams that have issues, we got a chance. So anyway, I just wanted to shout out John Johnson because I'm glad to see him back. Former captain, former Pro Bowl level player, playing good football again, man. Yeah, absolutely. How much does team familiarity uh, mean here? Right? I think all yeah. of Ram Nation was happy when he was resigned. Oh, but look, yeah. the reality was, you know, listen, he got offered a ridiculous contract, right? But to have, you know, he's back home. The honesty is, this is where he belongs, and if he could continue to play at that level. It just, you know, there and there you go. You got you got multiple guys being able to contribute, right? Reminiscent of like Tom Weddle, right? Think about that. Now you're starting to see things sort of play themselves out. And it goes back to sort of what we were talking about. Say, listen, you want to have an audition year? That's no problem. But don't throw the towel in on the season. You never know what could happen. This is a great example of that. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes at the press conferences, you know, I think it's awkward. You can see it in McVay's face. It's awkward because people are throwing, like, you know, playoff records and things out there. And he's like, oh, geez, you know, uh, perhaps we should have signed a kicker. Perhaps we should have signed a backup yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Right? But um, for, you know, when you're evaluating talent, number one, it's really you got to find those hidden gems. And the Rams are starting to, you know, see that. Listen, Russ East, you know, we talked about this, I think, what was that, week three? I, th- I think we commented, was like, Rush East has been living in the weight room, right? He looks like yeah. an NFL player, right? Um, when he when he, he's coming up and you know laying the wood, he's shown much more physicality. Uh, he plays the ball well out of that zone. So you know, can he contribute? He, even if he can't contribute as a starter, quality depth piece. He's starting to show that he can be a quality depth piece, and that's I think, regardless of what happens in playoff run or not, is that. The Rams now can start. Uh, one of the things they can check off on the on their shopping list is okay. We can start rounding off the edges of the roster, and that's important, right? We'll have holes, oh, yeah. but now we can start rounding off the edges of the roster. And I think there are a couple of players. I think we all agree, and so does the Ram Nation, that we definitely want to see back next year. And I think that's the key. And the Rams, listen, whatever the reason is, for the life of me, maybe somebody out there, Ian. Tom, maybe you know better than I can figure out why they only run the ball like this against Arizona. Why McVay is so comfortable calling the run game against Arizona. I don't have an answer for that. But look at the difference in this team. The mentality, the old, the just the cohesive nature of the game plan. You know, the defense yeah. fed right off of it. Um, the, look at the time of possession. It was ridiculous. Right? Yeah, it was great. And, you know, I said that in the beginning of the season. I said the T.O.P. will dictate every game for the Rams. The closer it is, the closer the game will be. When they run away with the T.O.P., they're going to run away with with everything else. I mean, it was perfectly balanced, though. Let's think about it. I mean, they had 33 passes and 33 runs, and we smoked them. What a shock. (laughs) You know, 33 and 33, the perfect number that you want to hear anything that's matching or close to matching in terms of run and pass ratio. That's that's Sean McVay 
football right there. And we get and we just get away from that too much. And he's self-aware, I maybe, I think, <laughs> where, you know, post games, he's like, yeah, I realize it because we've talked about this a ton throughout the games. where We were pissed about the play call ratio run the pass. He just loses his thought process. And it was like, we got to throw it. We got to throw it. We got to throw it. And maybe a part of that is Kyron wasn't available. I mean, I, I get it. When you have someone that has good talent, which in an alternate universe, we would have traded a fortune for Christian McCaffrey. We have Christian McCaffrey light right now. Think about that. How things yeah. would be much different in that in that alternate timeline. And how we've struck gold with this dude. Just as good. Honestly. Maybe not as Hall of Fame, oh my gosh, level talent. But I mean, the production ain't that far off. Keep it real. Since First year full-time starter. I'll take know, those numbers. Right. I mean, look, dude, look at when Kyron is on the field getting the ball 18 or more times, we're undefeated. Simple. We're undefeated. Yeah. And, and the, and the and <laughs> take, take that one step further here. And you nailed it right there. The physicality he brings to the running game carries over to every aspect of the Rams game. Bottom line. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, everything again, Paul, to your point. Uh, I think the two big unrestricted free agents, there's a, you know, a host of restricted free agents and other things that the Rams can easily re-sign if they want to. Um, but the unrestricted free agents that are going to hit the open market that are contributing big time now that they've re-signed Higby, um, the only guys are Dotson oh. and Fuller. Okay. So <clears throat> let's so, talk about Kevin real quick while we, while we bring yeah. his name up. Dude is a mauler it is a plus run blocking from the guard <laughs> it's been our two guards are our two guards are our two guards are are off the charts and when we finally got some beefy guards we used to what were we running out there corbett and edwards or something like that was our mm -hmm. i don't know anyway yeah. but um hey maybe i guess corbett the year before he did well but uh no yeah these two guys are just mauling taking so much pressure off those tackles to now those tackles can get out wide they don't have to drop back inside and help out um get to the second level yeah it's and and both of them um avila avila is more uh mobile than dotson but um but they're both just just such good underneath leverage on the, on all of those defensive linemen and just really opening things up. I mean, I mean with Kevin, cause okay, let's take a step back. Avila is a young player. And I mentioned this in previous pods, how linemen have no idea how to run any offensive philosophy or scheme when they come up to this level, the drastic, the, the drastic differences between college football. If you don't run a pro style scheme, Michigan and, Wisconsin and maybe a few others. I'm just blanking Iowa and maybe a couple others that run a legitimate pro style playbook on offense. If you're not from those, you know, those little selection of schools, you have your offensive, you know, blocking is not complicated and the, the verbiage is not that crazy either. So the leap for linemen from the college to pros is, is really big and it takes time. That's why you see a lot of battle line play around the league. Let's keep it real. That leap is tough. So there's moments where Avila is really good. There's moments where I'm like, oh, he whiffed on that. 
Yeah, he whiffed on that too. But more times than not, he's playing pretty good. And that's all you can ask for from a rookie player, right? Let's keep it real. So I expect improvements, and I think he will. Now to Kevin, for a castaway from Pittsburgh, you think Pittsburgh wouldn't want his ass back right now with how piss poor their old line has been playing throughout the year, even though they're still pulling off victories by defense, which is crazy. I mean, dude is the number one graded interior offensive lineman this season by PFF. Number one in run block uh, rate, and he was top five this week in run block win rate. Again. I mean, man, oh, man. He's our best lineman this year. It, there's no doubt about it based on the film. Obviously, his run game stuff is A+. plus. His pass game, it's not perfect, but he's been the best out of everybody, Havenstein included. It's <laughs> less need. I tip my cap slash beanie to you for pulling off that trade. Great trade. Yeah, for a castaway, I asked I asked these guys from Pittsburgh uh, uh, on the Twitter Spaces what you know about him when we got him because I didn't obviously know anything about him, and they said there was just another guy I don't even know who it is that kind of ne- didn't necessarily beat him out, but just kind of they wanted to get in there because I don't know if he's a draft pick or something like Ooh. that, um, but uh, they said that he was up and down. Um, and especially in pass pro that he could, he was, uh, he could get your quarterback killed. Um, but, uh, but in run blocking, it was super steady, but I think he's been pretty good in pass pro too. And, um, yeah, yeah you see, you know, they, but just, at the end of the day, the summary was you, you, he's either, you're either going to love him and he's going to just out because he had so much upside. They said he, he really isn't a bad player that we wanted to get rid of and we're happy to get rid of. It was just there was some up and down there and decided to go in a different direction. Um, and obviously we got the uh, the positive side of that. How about let's move on to Jordan Fuller. So obviously we hope that they re-signed Dotson. Although, you know what? He might be he might he might cost a lot of money. Um, so we'll have Who to Who gives a damn? You protect yeah, that man Stafford. I mean, have we not learned Coach McVay, yeah. Leslie and Co. Who gives a damn? If we're gonna yeah. ride out with Matthew, gotta protect him. And right. let's keep I mean, our best lineman this season, please. Yeah, and the line and the offense, yeah, you can say a lot of people would say, Oh, well, if we're gonna lose a player to in free agency, we could pick up the uh you know, comp pick, go out and get the best player available. Like we don't need to re-sign our own guys, which the Rams, that's the definitely been the Rams uh, mon- uh, mantra. Yeah, but, gentlemen, real quick, do, do you think do you think they don't regret keeping uh Austin Corbett? Do you think they look back and say ah shoot we should have re-signed that yeah, right. for a contract i mean they're not going to yeah. do that twice i, yeah, no, I pray to the football ex- gods they don't he was, he was pretty expensive i don't i don't know how much regrets they have i mean they just they just got some a lot of uh, uh obviously you know tremendous amount of injuries um after that after he left but the the uh but going back to dotson right but the the key with the offensive line is Hopefully they can agree like on a two, three year deal with him at a reasonable amount of money. And, um, but just the continuity on the offensive line is so critical and how these guys work together. And he's just can't put together a new offensive line every year. So, um, but yeah, hopefully they resign him, but let's move on to Jordan Fuller. Like, you know, when was the last time the Rams resigned a safety? Like, you know, they, it doesn't Never. happen. Yeah. And so safety inside linebacker, these are just positions that, um, even defensive line, unless you're Aaron Donald, uh, these are just positions they just don't resign, right? It's all about the uh, or running backs, another one, most of the positions they don't resign. And so, uh, 
yeah, I just it'll be interesting to see with Fuller. He's just really, really emerged as a leader in that defensive backfield. And um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they hopefully yeah. they change their mind a little bit on that. I mean, he's been making it tough. Like we said earlier, this was his best game of his career, and according to PFF, and and he played great. Like we stated, multiple great technique on pass breakups, deep shots, critical third and fourth down conversions, great tackling within the box outside. Yeah, he had his best game as a pro, and he's had multiple good games throughout the season. And I'm I'm happy for him. Let's think back to that. Week 18, 2021 matchup against the 49ers where they came back and won, and he got his ankle stepped on really bad and missed the whole play- Super Bowl run. He said it. He was down and, and somewhat depressed that he wasn't a part of that. Yeah. yeah. And now when He, he was having a great year, like you said. He, yep. And he when he was coming back, his ankle just didn't feel right, and he was not confident in that. And it showed of why Taylor Rapp started him and Nick Scott started over him. He wasn't ready mentally and physically. And yeah. I was like, man, that was it. It's going to be another Terrell Burgess where we saw flashes, an ankle foot injury, and then things were never the same. I mean, I feel for that guy, too, because he was when that rookie season in 2020, he was playing good ball, too, Burgess. But I, I bring that up because an injury just – shoot, man. It, it can screw guys up. And I thought that was the path that Fuller was going to be on. And so for him to be a captain that year, to not be a captain the following year, not ready to play mentally or physically to take the starting job over again. For him to be a captain voted by his peers again this season to play good football in a contract year that means a ton to NFL players, right? Let's get that real money the second time around. He's going to make it tough for the Rams, and I hope to see him back in blue and gold. Yeah, and then a couple other, a few other players that were, like we just talked about briefly, that we're just starting to see, right? So Davis Allen got some snaps, made a really good catch. Um, Stafford went out of his way to thank him because it was a bad throw. Um, Hunter Long got even more snaps than Allen. Mm-hmm. And so he's getting in, he's getting in there. Um, uh, Jason Taylor, um, O'Shawn Mathis is getting some snaps. So um, yeah, it, it's kind of the, the second half of this rookie class is starting to come alive here in the second half of this season and just keeping it really exciting to watch. I mean, that for me has been what this season has been all about is just watching not only the rooks, but also the second year guys, you know, to see how they can start with, you know, like we talked about with yeast and Kendrick and, and Durant and that whole crew. And then, um, and then you mix, start mixing in this huge class of rookies. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just still, I still think this year is about next year because I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl run this year. Whereas I really think they can next year. It's it, it and I and I also think that um, people say, well, oh, you, hey, Tom, you thought they were going to have five or six wins, and look how well they're doing. It's not that. It's like I just did. I just couldn't imagine that so many of these young guys could excel to the extent that they are. Yeah, like this draft really, class was really yeah, good. Yeah, like no what way. guy has what guy? I mean, we thought Kendrick fell out, and then all of a sudden, boom, two games in a row, he's played great. I mean, he has to sustain it. He can't be he can't be up and down like that, especially at that position, right? He has to show cons- better consistency. But um, you know, if he has turned it around, that would be huge. But like what player, you know, other than Stetson Bennett, who's just, you know, had had personal issues, um, what player first or second year player has really 
crapped out. Like, you know, like you said, oh, geez, you know, we just had to throw him by the wayside. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't think, I know there's one or two, but um, I just yeah, can't think of that many. many of them. Yeah, there's not many. Not many. Let's more. go down the quick list. Let's just be, let's be, let's be real. Kobe Durant was a solid pick. Kyron Williams is a great pick. Uh, Darion's been playing good football. Russ Yeast has shown, like I said, good good moments of good football. Uh, Byron Young has shown good moments. Kobe Turner continues to improve. Our punter has got a cannon for a leg, and he's going to be Blair our Johnson punter for a while, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, him, Puka, the gem of the draft. Yeah, Puka. Uh, who else? You know, Avila, guard. Yeah, um, I'm just even trying to go through all the young guys. Even Tutu's young coming Tutu's around. Had or, good yeah. moments. Yep. Yeah. Um, who else am I forgetting? I'm just blanking on people right now. Um, trying to think even second year guys that I'm just forgetting. Oh, Bobby Brown has had good moments at nose guard. Um, so we can go on and on. We can keep um who and hauling umming. <laughs> but I mean, we that's Byron, a lot of Byron Young. We talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of players in your in a couple years of draft that have had really really great moments throughout their young year or, Quentin or Lake? year two. Quinn Lake, Jesus. I knew I was going to forget somebody. I mean, <laughs> all those dudes yeah. to have multiple great moments, not just good, which is true as well, but they've had great moments, each, each of them. Ever those, all those players we just named off, or I named off. Crazy. I tip my beanie cap to Les Snead because to sell a fan base around Los Angeles, especially, but around the nation about a retooling and the pillars of Stafford Cup and Donald and how they're going to hold it down. And for that to come to life, like he talked about it and he was about it and he made it happen. That's really incredible. I, I mean, I hopefully I want this team to make the playoffs so everyone can can show some damn respect to that scouting department and the job that Les and his crew have done, because that needs to be highlighted more seriously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think when they pull things together next year and add some get off, get out from under the salary cap hell and uh, are able to sign a couple of guys at some key positions, edge, maybe another corner, things like that. Um, you know, fill in some gaps, maybe around the defensive line a little bit and so forth that um, I think it'll be. Uh, yeah. I think, I think, you know, if the Rams are having success and in the, in the conversation uh, this, this, this last two years draft will be looked upon. And, um, you know, I think I think they'll, he, he will get his due. Yeah. And guys, real quick, think about think about when everybody was freaking out, rightfully so, about all the all the talent that was getting traded and or cut released in the offseason. And then Kevin Demoff, you know, the chief operating officer, whatever his official title is for the Rams that you see everywhere representing Kroenke, basically. Remember he put out a letter to season ticket members talking about 2024 and 2025 and how we have so much money and we have so many draft picks. Like, just hold on and just just be patient. We just won a championship. <laughs> like, even the front off, I mean, even the, yeah. the, the masterminds behind this whole operation were like, yeah, this year has the potential to be really, really crappy. And like yeah. I said, for, for the front office to – get it together and have us in a playoff picture at 44% right now. What a, what a success for a rebuild. It's just honestly. Yeah. And it just even, you know, again, they're not going to, maybe they you know, have a chance to win a playoff game or something. If they catch Detroit um, instead of catching uh, the Niners or something like that. But, uh, but just the, just to be able to get that playoff experience for, 
this young crowd, this young crew would be huge. Right. Cause you, you know, you talk, they always talk about playoff experience and, you know, the players that, that have been there before and know what it's like and so forth, just for them to get a taste of how that uh, just the energy and the, everything gets ramped up in those, in those playoff games. Um, it would be very valuable for them to participate in a playoff game, even if they weren't able to win one. A part of that discussion also is going to be, and I think an important part of that discussion is going into 2024 is who from the coaching staff is coming. That's been uh, an overlooked factor for the Rams too, is that every year they've taken a hit on the coaching staff. Uh, It's incredible. I mean, listen, take a moment and just everyone just think about how many coaches have departed from this place. And it's, I mean, right, Paul, Tom, I mean, it's, I mean, this is so much turnover. I'm sure McVay's always pulling his hair out every offseason, like, all right, I got to replace that guy, that guy, that guy. We got to get along. I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Paul. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's no, no, it's real. But you're, but you're exactly right. You know, it's like, I think sometimes that gets overlooked. You know, the number of, um, you know, legitimate, successful head coaches that have come off the Rams. Uh, coaching staff and then Rams having to fill that hole. So, you know, if their mindset in going into 2024 is okay, 24, 25, those are going to be our, those two years of our run with, with Optim, you know, Optimus nine there and, you know, everything else, then they're going to have to take a look at, you know, listen, it's going to be hard. I mean, if I was a, a GM in this league and I knew Raheem Morris was available for a head coaching gig, how do you not, you know, how do you not blow up his mobile? Right. I mean, let's think about it, you know, um, so that's one thing. I do think that if Coach Hendo had to take over, I think that would be like a natural progression. But I think that's a great statement yeah. to make. If they're going to make a, you know, if, you know, they can get Coach Morris to commit one more year and they can make that statement early, that's that make, goes a long way to free agents too on your team. Let's stick yeah. around one more year, right? And you're talking about guys like Jordan Fuller because Jordan Fuller is looking at Johnny Johnson's locker like, listen, how did it feel to, uh, you know, d- deposit that check, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, and you, you know, I think that I'll be honest with you. Those conversations in the locker room, they, they, they have to be something else, right? Because these players, look, there's a reality. You know, Jordan Fuller is a great example. You know, some of these injuries, they don't know if they'll get a chance to play again. And when you start talking about guys like Kevin Dotson and Kendrick, you know, sometimes you close the door and have a conversation. Coaches have a conversation. Listen, two things are going to happen. Either you play better or your lifestyle is going to change dramatically because you're going to get cut, released, whatever. And sometimes that's all it takes to, you know, shake the cobwebs out. You know, I think Dotson was a little bit more because he was being evaluated at tackle. I think that was a big difference. Same thing with Corbett. You know, Corbett was a center before he came over to the Rams playing guard. So, you know, I think, you know, you know, same thing with Kendrick, you know, maybe that conversation happened to listen, you know, you're using up all your, you know, in, in his case, it was more of a literal conversation, get out of jail free cards, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, those things um, happen at the player level, but they also happen at the coaching level. And the Rams have always really had a good coaching staff uh, and, you know, and, Coaching does matter to a certain point, of course. Um, and I think in their case, offensively and defensively, they're going to have to take a look at that. I think it'll be easier to retain the offensive coaching staff. I don't think it's as glamorous and hyped up as it was in years past. But, no. um, you know, how, how they've been able to retain Coach Yarber this long is beyond me. 
I don't know. Hey, how pay that. that, pay that man, whatever he needs. Yeah. Keep him. I mean, we can go down the list of how <laughs> transformative receivers he's done. I mean, Cup, Woods, uh, Puka, OBJ, right. Tutu, Sammy Watkins, Josh Reynolds, Van. I mean, he's gotten the most out of all those guys. It's really incredible. I'm, I'm happy he's our coach. I mean, he's, and the, yeah, he's, and cool. he's a cool dude. He's fun. He's energetic. You, you see the clips. Anyone see the clips of him hopping around with all the yeah. a nickname? That matters to players, man. That matters to the fan base too. I mean, that makes me want to go play, even though I have a bum knee right now. But it's you uh, guys. Uh, you guys yeah. mentioned uh, Eric Yarbrough possibly leaving, and uh, Cooper Pup here started growling. Oh, dude, that he, can't happen. Yeah, my yeah. boy, right my, my my dog Cooper Pup here did not like to, did not want to hear that. He's channeling. Uh, he knows. channeling Cooper Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you say, well, the Rams have always had a good coaching staff. I wasn't. I think that they really let McVay down last year. I really do think that. A lot of those guys were let go. There was a lot of turnover. Um, I don't know if they got, you know, it just seemed like there was a whole doldrum kind of a feel in the second half of the season between the players and the coaching staff. And, uh, that really, that really got to McVay. Um, but I feel can like, I, can, uh, I, can I comment on that? Yeah. It's so interesting. You brought that up. Yeah. And 
And Ian Tommen, tell me what your thoughts are. I was watching this game, and uh, my buddy called. We were talking about the game he was watching and flipping back and forth between um, – he was watching C.J. Stroud because he drafted Stroud in fantasy, right? Um, and there was something the announcer said in the Texans game. And he talked about living in your vision. And that was a statement um, that a lot of great coaches use. They, you know, how do you how do you build a franchise? How do you build a championship caliber team? And they always use that term, right? Living in your vision. When McVay first got here, it, would you describe McVay's demeanor as living in that vision? Absolutely. He, oh, so lived, yeah. he would <laughs> he would brag about it, and people would talk about it. That you know he's sleeping at the stadium, this this and that, whatever. You know, talk about living in, in the vision, right? So. Go after the Super Bowl season, right? And we've talked about it on our round table. We, you know, the whole debacle at the uh, parade, you know, the frat party at the parade, you know, all that other stuff. The draft. The draft. Yeah. Every, you know, everything was sort of a departure from living in that vision. Everything sort of yeah. became sort of disjointed. And the way I described that season was because the signings were, were solid. I don't care what anybody says. If you look at what they're, and I know they spent a lot of money in the players, a lot of the players didn't develop it, whatever it was, it didn't deliver. Yeah. But it was just a disjointed season all along the, you know, all along all fronts, yeah. right? And I think that's going to be the defining variable for 24 and 25. Because now, look, it's just like for any player, what do we say about young players when they experience early success? There's a crossroad where they have to decide, am I going to be an ascending player or am I just going to be a player that's had a couple of great years? I'm just going to ride it out until I, I am no longer an NFL player, right? So I think the defining variable is going to be is can McVay get back to that point where he can live 24-7 in his vision? Look, he's got a youngin', right? I'm a dad. You're, you, know, you We know how it is, Right. He, you know, he's married, you know, he's got a lot of things going on in his life. People are throwing all sorts of things at him, you know, you know, be a full-time broadcaster, do this, do that, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I think that the answer to that question is going to define the Rams 24-25 season is, or seasons, is can McVay get back to that? Is, it, is there enough left for him to live in that vision? Because that's the way you win a championship, and that's the only way you can win a championship. You have to, you know, we talk about being all in. The coach starts from the coach. You got to be all in. And I think this year being as successful as it is, I think was really, really important for the psyche, not just of the Rams, but for McVay's psyche. Right? Because think about it. He was talking about retirement. He was talking about everything but football. Think about that. That was was a bad (laughs) option. Yeah. I mean, he really got back to his roots. He he really enjoys the the youth. I think that was one of the things that – uh, you know, really struck him as um, just the teaching and, you know, just really helping these guys, uh, you know, put, as he puts it, put the building blocks one on top of the other and, um, you know, make progress day after day after day and practice and everything else. I just, I really feel like he's a live in the moment kind of a guy. And, uh, and he got away from that last year. He was really, you know, hoping to repeat the, 
the success he had last the, the prior year and really wasn't living in the moment about how to get there, which is really what he's done. And that's what led to his success. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like he's get, we gotten regrounded. Um, he's gotten through that tough year. Uh, they shed a lot of the, those coaches and are really leaning on, you know, new leadership. Uh, you know, like you said, Morris might get picked off and I think Hendo would, would step in there nicely. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that happens, but Ryan Wendell, Guys like that. I mean, Aubrey Pleasant coming back. Um, mm. You know, Yarber. That consistency of of his of his uh, presence. I mean, these are just smart, you know, energetic, experienced guys that are really good teachers, and that's what this team needed. And yep. they put together a tremendous staff. And you know, good for them for moving on from a bunch of those guys that were, um, you know, potentially maybe a little bit punch drunk from the prior year. Uh, and let go of some pretty tough, just pretty, pretty surprising, uh, you know, uh, uh, guys that he didn't bring back. So, um, I, yeah, anyway, cool. Well, guys, let's wrap it up there. Uh, and uh, good conversation. And here's going into the Cleveland week. I think this Cleveland game is just, just to put a bow on this thing. This is really the big game. I mean, because yeah. a win really vaults like you were talking about Ian really vaults the team into the conversation you're not Ugh. expecting a win against the Ravens right so you got that game yeah. to kind of regroup just try and stay healthy out yeah. there at uh and in Baltimore and and then Commanders Saints Giants two of three at home you got Commanders and Saints at home and then the Giants on the road and that's gotta win those in, three that's a team in shambles right but yeah. this but you lose the Browns game it's not looking good So like you win this game, even if you drop the Ravens game and then come back with a a command, you know, and you're setting yourself up. So I really think this game, um, if you go five and seven, it's, it's going to be, you're going to have to beat the Ravens or the 49ers, which is a tough ask. um, Unless it just so happens that the football gods that, uh, that you've been talking about the Niners sit everybody because they've locked in the two seat or something like that. Cause yeah. the, cause because lions fold or something like that. But um, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, this Browns game is a big game for the Rams and it'll really define, you know, sort of their outlook for the rest of the season. Are they making a playoff run or aren't they? Um, I mean, you agree with that, Paul? Yeah, I, I, I think it is um, a very important game. I said, look, uh, I was really excited about watching DTR, right? I think we all are. You know, if Ram Nation knows that our draft roundtable, we were hoping DTR was going to be in the Royal and uh, Soul, but uh, he should have been. Let's just keep it real. He yeah. should have been. Talking about was, disgruntled, we're definitely was, disgruntled about that. He was so, there. He was sitting right there. He was sitting right there. But you know, the fact and Miles Garrett, like you said, is hurt. So look. The one thing in these two games, the Ravens game and the Cleveland game, uh, I'm very interested w- about is this. The Rams are starting to show, and when they win, the nature of their win is about physicality. Say what yeah. you want about Cleveland and Baltimore. They're a physical team, right? Miles Garrett is yeah, just, a monster. He's a, just a monster, right? Cleveland's he got is. that physical running game, right? So – I think to watch those two games and let that be a barometer of are the Rams a, truly a physical team? Do they understand that they have to be a physical team to win? Right? I think for is going to be an important part of the learning curve for this squad. 
right? I think yeah. once they embrace that aspect of it, it's a, it's a good characteristic to have. In 21, when they won it all, people I think people overlooked that. They were a good, tough squad, not just physically, but mentally, right? They had their lapses, which drove us bananas. I think we all aged prematurely during that season, but okay, especially yeah. the playoff run. But you know that's an important <laughs> that characteristic. That's that's a winning, winning characteristic, and I think those two games are going to really be uh, interesting sort of narrative for the Rams. That if they get through those, through those two games, because the Baltimore game is going to be tough. I don't have to tell you guys that's going to be a tough yeah. game. But I think the Cleveland game is definitely winnable, uh, not just because of the injuries. Because I just think the Rams, you know, if they play a cohesive game, I think they can run with anybody. You know, and I'm not just using the run as like, you know, an air quote. I think they run the football and they establish that ground game. That's going to open up a world of possibilities. Look at staff, man. You know, and I know people were saying that interception. That interception told me a lot. I know it's hard to say, you know, to coin an interception in a good way. But that staff, man. Even in a season like this, even in a game like that, that dude's just looking to put it in the end zone. He was looking That's down. Right. He's like, he's like, screw the check down, man. I want to get that 28-yard chunk. But yes. that's just, you know, you got a gunslinger back there. Let's play some football. Let's have some fun, man. Let's cut it loose, you know? And I hope coming off of practice and, you know, they start the film study. They say, oh, by the way, we ran across some film from the vault, and they play that 99 season. And just say, you know, you know, why not us? Yeah. Why not us? And just let that be the battle cry for the rest of the year. Right? <laughs> That'd be great. I, I tell people, <laughs> oh, and I have the jacket from when they won, and I remember that. I'd say, I challenge anybody to be honest and say, could you name everybody on the roster from that 919? <laughs> you know? And everybody's like, oh, of course, of course. I was like, hell no, dude. Come on. Let's be realistic. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. I just think real oh. quick, real quick, how to yeah. win against Cleveland. And then obviously we stated earlier about everybody who's banged up or hurt or not going to play. PJ Walker turns the football over when you get pressure to him. He either yeah. fumbles it or he throws interceptions because of the panic. Got to get to PJ Walker, who's likely going to start this game against us. Yeah, you get to absolutely. him, we have a great chance to win on defense. Offensively, run the damn football. It sets up everything else. The Broncos showed if you stay true to the run game, you can pop some big runs against them, which happened this past weekend. You know, the Broncos O-line ain't perfect either. They don't have the most, oh, my gosh, running backs either. So stick to the run. There's going to be times they're going to get you and hold you, you know, stalemate you or tackle you for loss. But if we can just continue to be balanced, I want that 33-33 stat line, something close to that again, just like this past Sunday. So if those two things happen, we got a real chance to win. Get to P.J. Walker, make him turn the football over, picks or fumbles, and let's run the football, and we're going to have a legit chance. Simple. Yep. And and I think, you know, like you said, I think that is spot on. they got to stay aggressive on defense. I think the biggest difference, um, and it's not just about – you know, throwing blitzes and everything else. I think when they're aggressive on defense, when they're able to dictate on defense, it doesn't allow the offense to exploit them. We know what the Rams cannot do on D, and so does the rest of the NFL. But when they're aggressive on D, right, it does not allow the offense 
to exploit what they cannot do on D. I think that's been the difference. Look, Hoyt had another sack this game. Played within himself, starting to learn what he can do, cannot do. And you're, and that's the theme up and down, you know, the defense. Guys playing within themselves. And I think that's the difference on D. On offense, listen, time of possession means time of pain. Hammer the opposition. 204 all-purpose yards out of Iron Kyron. And then you throw in the Rolls-Royce, 77, and he paid off all the fantasy players that started him. <laughs> right, Tom? Yeah. Right with that touchdown yeah. in, in, late in the game. So, listen, look, you got sitting there at any given time. You got about 150 to 160 yards on the ground, regardless of who you play. I'm going to say that right now. No matter who the Rams play, they got about 150, 160 yards on the ground between those two guys at any given moment if they wanted to. So, you know, they got to, if they go with that and they play the field position game, please stop with the 50 yard field goals. Stop. Evans can pin it in the 20. Play your field position. Let's not pretend. Let's stop the charade. It's not going to happen. Stop with the ER field goals. That flips the field so badly. So badly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see Evans kick some field goals, quite frankly. I mean, I mean, he's kicking off. I mean, he's kicking off. In college, he kicked, he he punted, he kicked field goals and kicked off in college. Yeah, obviously Jeez. they're obviously they've tried him out and, and you know he maybe just doesn't have the accuracy or whatnot. But um yeah. but uh yeah, one of these days it'll be the Rams will need a 60 yard field goal and uh you know fourth and, out there. Fourth, yeah. yeah, fourth and eight, and with uh three seconds left on the clock, and uh Evans is gonna get his shot. But hey, good good round table, guys. Let's wrap it up. And um, yeah, I look forward to discussing the victory over the Browns next week and going into the, uh, <laughs> going into the Ravens game, but um, good stuff. Yeah. Let's keep riding this win streak and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks again for everything. This is uh, in the Rams up uh, podcast round table with uh, Ian and Paul, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. That's the unofficial title of the podcast. House of pain. There you go. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there